Last week, I was back in surgery. But for a welcome reason this time. After almost three years of remission, my oncologist felt it was safe to remove my power port. That's where the harsh chemotherapy drugs entered my body. I was glad to have it gone because it was attached to my jugular vein and that made me nervous. While I was in pre-op, one of the nurses looked at my chart and asked me about my chronic kidney disease. After I explained, she told me she had had a pancreas-slash-kidney transplant. I was captivated to the point of almost being disappointed when it was time for my procedure, and she hadn't finished relating her story. So, I decided to do what I usually do. Research it myself. I had all sorts of theories in my head about why the two might be transplanted together. I was curious to see if they were anywhere near the truth. The Mayo Clinic was helpful here. Combined Kidney Pancreas Transplant Surgeons often may perform combined, simultaneous, kidney pancreas transplants for people with diabetes who have or are at risk of kidney failure. Most pancreas transplants are done at the same time as a kidney transplant. Aha! Not only does that make sense, but it was one of my theories. I have diabetes, type 2 and I have CKD. Does that make me a candidate for a pancreas-slash-kidney transplant? Actually, since the pancreatic cancer, I only have the head of my pancreas, does that affect the situation? I turned to the National Kidney Foundation to find out. Adults who have kidney failure because of type 1 diabetes are possible candidates for a kidney pancreas transplant. In type 1 diabetes, the pancreas does not make enough insulin, a hormone that controls the blood sugar level in your body. The transplanted pancreas can make insulin and correct this type of diabetes. In order to become active on the transplant waiting list you must be 18 years or older. Have both type 1 diabetes and kidney failure. Complete evaluation and be approved by Transplant Center for a kidney and pancreas transplant. Well, that lets me out. Kidney failure is when your kidneys don't work well enough to keep you alive. My GFR has lowered since my cancer dance, but at 41%, the kidneys are still doing their job. Nor do I have type 1 diabetes, the kind in which your pancreas produces insufficient insulin. Although I only have the head of my pancreas remaining, I'm producing enough insulin to be insulin resistant. Gee, how lucky for me, she thought sarcastically. The nurse I spoke with said her pancreas-slash-kidney transplant had been redone. It was originally done the old way that caused her problems and needed to be done the new way. That's when I was wheeled to the operating room. Darn. You know my curiosity was aroused. What was the old way? The new way? What problems had been caused by doing the operation the old way? I came across this discussion in PubMed Central's Annals of Surgery, May 1999. Dr. John C. McDonald, Shreveport, Louisiana, this is a detailed report on the current outcome of simultaneous kidney pancreas transplantation, and is another fine presentation from the Memphis Group, which has led the field in re-establishing the concept that best results are obtained when endocrine activity is delivered through the portal system and exocrine function through the GI tract. This concept was thought correct intuitively in the early efforts of transplanting the pancreas but was soon abandoned because of technical complications. I needed a little assistance understanding it. I offer you the same assistance. Endocrine means relating to or denoting glands which secrete hormones or other products directly into the blood. The portal system is the system of blood vessels consisting of the portal vein with its tributaries and branches. Exocrine? That's relating to or denoting glands that secrete their products through ducts opening onto an epithelium rather than directly into the bloodstream. Epithelium means the thin tissue forming the outer layer of a body's surface and lining the alimentary canal and other hollow structures. And, finally, 
the alimentary canal is the whole passage along which food passes through the body from mouth to anus. It includes the esophagus, stomach, and intestines, that runs from the mouth to the anus. I'd like to think I knew all this, but instead I need to thank the various dictionaries I consulted for these definitions. Now, the way I'm reading this discussion seems to be saying that the original method of delivering the blood containing the glandular production via the portal and the other gland secretions via the GI tract. Hmm, so first that was the best way to transplant the pancreas, then it wasn't, then it was again. Well, what came in between? Or, since this discussion is from 1999, is there a new method now? This is from a Medaline Plus article published last year. The person's diseased pancreas is not removed during the operation. The donor pancreas is usually placed in the right lower part of the person's abdomen. Blood vessels from the new pancreas are attached to the person's blood vessels. The donor duodenum, first part of the small intestine right after the stomach, is attached to the person's intestine or bladder. Look at that. Blood to the blood and exocrine secretions to the epithelium. I think that's what the above means, but I wouldn't swear to it. Wait a minute. The nurse did say that the new pancreas had been attached to her intestine which caused her trouble. Then it was removed from the intestine to be reattached to the bladder, which rectified the situation for her. So, I guess the current method is the original. I hate to leave you hanging, but I feel I just don't understand enough to explain any more. Hopefully, what I have written will be of some help to those facing, or curious about, a pancreas-slash-kidney transplant. Although, I didn't really write much about a kidney transplant since I've written about that several times already. Until next week. Keep living your life.